Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Let's bring in Marvin Ryder, business professor at the Group School of Business at McMaster University. Marvin, thank you for the time as always. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing very well, thank you, and the same to you. Uh, obviously, uh, this has shone a light, a light on a problem that's been there for a long time. Many people are now uh, comparing uh, uh, healthcare workers to the firefighters post 9-11. There are heroes and such. Will this change the way we do things? Will this change the focus and, and the attention uh, that perhaps has been put on other sectors and turn this to healthcare now, do you mm-hmm. think? Well, let me phrase it here this way. I think there's certainly a window here in which uh, uh, we can deal with this question and people are more sensitive to it. The problem is what I like to call inertia. Uh, even though 9-11 really shone a spotlight on firefighters, well, that was 20 years ago. And all of a sudden, you know, suddenly we're not as pleased about our firefighters and our police officers because we forget, and that's a natural tendency we have. So I would hope that the government, and uh, whether this is municipal or federal or provincial, coming out of this will take advantage of this window to make some corrections that have been long overdue. But if they don't, unfortunately, we will go back to business as usual fairly quickly, meaning two to three, four years from now, we'll forget about this. And and, uh, so we've got a very short time period to act. It appears that there seems to be positions within the healthcare industry. We saw a portal open up from the Ontario government trying to guide people do, uh, to that. Uh, in the past 20 years, we've seen a shrinking of our manufacturing industry. Is there not some way we can transfer one to the other with more education and such? Should these people not be paid at the same level as some of those were paid in the manufacturing industry? Yeah, those, those are two different questions. Let me deal with the first one, uh, transferring. So one of the great examples in Hamilton, we had a big manufacturing base, and as a technology replaced those jobs at Stelco, at DeFasco, at National Steel Car, you had people normally in their late 40s, 50s, who were being displaced from those manufacturing jobs, good-paying manufacturing jobs, desperate then to find work elsewhere. And the problem is to take someone who comes from the steel industry, perhaps with nothing more than a high school education, and say, now I want you to work in healthcare. Are they prepared to go back to school for what could be four, five, six years to get the necessary education and degrees that they need to work in those areas? And what most people do at that point say, mm, you know, I'm, I'm 52, add seven years, 59, look, I'll just retire. And so we have in Hamilton a case of more underemployment, people who are uh, retired probably at too young of an age because there really isn't positions for them into that other industry. Now, if you were younger and displaced at, say, 32 or 35, investing that time in your education would be good. And, and frankly, again, the government does have programs to help pay for that education. It's just that at some point in your life you say, ah, you know, I'm an old dog. It's too late for me to learn new tricks, and people don't do that. Now, in terms of pay rates, I think you raise a very interesting question here. Uh, when we tend to look at the health care system, certainly when we've seen elections, uh, uh, provincial elections in the last few years, health care is a cost to be minimized. Oh, I'm tired of giving more money to hospitals. I'm tired of giving more money. Look, Doug Ford, you cut, slash, I don't want to pay more taxes. And suddenly we discover how essential they all are. And again, I think there is an opportunity here to, to think a bit about Are we paying people correctly? Do we have the right forms? But very quickly, we will go back. And I I hate to say it to you like this, Scott, but 
the, all levels of government are borrowing astronomical sums of money to get us through COVID-19. There will quickly come a time, if not in 2020, 2021, 2022, how are we going to pay this off? We've got to tighten the belts and repay, and we will forget almost as fast as we became sensitized to it how important those people are. You were talking about retraining and such and going back to school, which, uh, of course, you could see must uh, or, or could have to happen here, but not necessarily everybody going and training to become a doctor and such. There's, there's, there's lots of points in between, between personal care worker and that of a physician. Uh, is there, is there, are there jobs there? Is this, is this something we should be, we should be uh, diverting our young people to? Well, I, well, there's two things. One is I think we have undersold trades to our younger people. That's a story for a different day. But I don't think it's all about coming to universities. There are great positions doing drywall and plumbing and, and uh, shingling of roofs that we desperately need, and we seem to somehow not promoted those. But, but you're right. I think we also need to say to people there are a range of health care options. And look, I've been saying this now for more than 10 years. There is a tsunami of older people who are going to be hitting our health care system over the next 10 to 15 years. I don't, want to, I don't want to alarm people, but if you just look at the average age of people, whether it's in Hamilton or Burlington or in Ontario, the population is getting older. People are living longer. I can remember when I was a kid, people, quote-unquote, died on average at around 72. Today it's mm. knocking on 80, and that's great. Look how wonderful that is. But how how do we do this? It's because of health care. And we've got a whole generation of baby boomers that are coming up to their prime heart and cancer years. And then if we get them past that, the next big thing will be the dementia years. That's, that's the reality of, of public health. I'm not sure we are staffed enough to support that tsunami coming. So, again, if this sensitizes it to us, I'll use another quick example. I'm not sure that we have built enough long-term care homes. I am amazed at how our hospitals have been able to empty out. The average hospital in Ontario right at this moment is at 69% of capacity. They have freed up capacity to deal with COVID-19. But one of the biggest problems in the past for this has been getting people into long-term care. They've been stranded in our hospitals, very expensive treatment as opposed to long-term care. And we need to be building kind of one long-term care home in this area every year or every two years to deal with the wave that will be coming, not necessarily the people who are here today, but the wave that will be coming over the next decade. Therefore, doesn't this make this a growth industry? I mean, as you said, as the demographic moves through, this is only going to get greater. Is this not an opportunity for growth? Absolutely, absolutely. But the starting point on all of this with long-term care is, of course, government funding. We, we don't make our seniors pay for all of their long-term care. And so the government, again, in a move to try to keep a lid on health care costs, have been slow. And, and again, I'm not saying I'm blaming them for this, but their strategy has been called aging in place. They want to put in programs that allow people to stay home as long as possible. And bravo, I cheer that. I absolutely cheer that. Nobody wants to be ripped out of their home. But unfortunately, sometimes our seniors, after spending 80 years of their life, 85, maybe 90 years of their life, something happens and they really just cannot stay at home. There is not enough support that would allow them to stay at home. They need to consider long-term care. And we have been delaying the inevitable and I think this crisis just reminds us we've got to take another look at what we're doing for people starting at age 65 and up. I just don't think we're doing enough. 
Marvin Ryder has been with us, business professor at Groot School of Business, McMaster University. Marvin, as always, thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated. Be well. I will. You do the same. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.